Turns out the Trump administration has successfully politicized wearing masks. You're six feet away from you. You're harassing me. My I'm not harassing friend. you. You are coming close to me. You are coming close Back to me. Back off! Threaten me again! Back the fuck up! Put your fucking phone down! Effectively making social distance in a topic of debate rather than a topic of logic and patriotism. This has made many people unhinged. Why are you angry if I wear a mask? Because you're wearing a mask out of stupidity and you're further pushing the agenda. And the agenda is the deep state, which wants to control all of us and have us living in fear and thinking that you're contaminated. It is false narrative. And when you wear a mask, which you can certainly do, you are further pushing the agenda that is condemning all of us. Let's talk about it. This fear of wearing masks has highlighted a cult-like behavior we've seen affiliated with the GOP party. I am an at-risk health individual. Um, I am also opposed to the mask law, the mandatory mask wearing. Um, I'm up here right now because I worry that um, the mandatory mask wearing is a slippery slope and that, you know, what's next? Um, it, you know, this becomes the norm. What's next? Mandatory vaccines is a huge scare in my mind um, due to my health issues. Um, mandatory blood withdrawals, things like that. Um, very scary. Now, I know what you're thinking. What does the GOP stand for today? Because it surely isn't for the good of the people. They are, in fact, the party of Lincoln. A modern-day definition has morphed into a cult-like institution for conspiracy theorists alike. Take this, for instance. There's, the information is out there. The CDC is fraudulent. Bill Gates should be honestly arrested for crimes against humanity. He was on Jeffrey Epstein's plane 17 times, and there's just fraud, fraud at every level. John Hopkins is funded by Bill Gates. The CDC had tests that were like the, literally all of it, dude. There's so much fraud involved with COVID, and I ask why. And if it's not to get mandatory vaccines, hydrochloric's in. There's so much misinformation about it, and we're in an information war. And when truth and like literally, guys, it's just like. I ask everybody to watch Infowars.com. I've, I've been 10 hours a day, like judge for yourself, it's a free country, honestly. You know, everybody can, it, that's literally what it is. We're going to change the definition of assault if somebody comes within six feet of me. We're completely rewriting the law to appease a mob that's funded by George Soros, who is an actual Nazi. You know what I'm saying? And like Bill Gates is, like we don't understand what eugenics is. It's all based off a lie. Then 2050, the global warming, we're all going to be inhabitable and there's going to be a new heaven and new earth. That's not, that's not what this is. And it's all fear tactics, and they're trying to control the population. And there's forced sterilization. There's all sorts of stuff that nobody's talking about because we just want to appease. Nobody wants to get their hands dirty. And we should, honestly, we should, if we're going to talk about reparations, we should have reparations for the 3 million Muslims that are in term camps in China. And nobody's talking about that. And I think we should, you know? Like, yeah, let's not worry about our own backyards, but let's focus on what's going on in China. George Soros in a deep state can be traced back to 2016 when Russia intervened in American politics. It was so deeply rooted within our culture that even today, that same ideology and love for conspiracies are wreaking havoc on American culture. We have seen their reasoning for hating the mask resolution. So now you're thinking, do masks really even have the capabilities the government claims it does? Well, take it from Bill Nye. Greetings everyone, Bill Nye here. Why do people in the scientific community want you to wear a face mask when you're out in public? Well, please consider the following. 
face masks like this one prevent particles from my respiratory system from getting into the air and then into your respiratory system. Blocking the movement of air is an old trick. Here's a scarf. It blocks the movement of air around my throat. Helps keep me warm. This scarf won awards in the Washington State Fair for both design and workmanship. It can block the movement of air, but only to a certain extent. This is a homemade face mask. It has just two layers of cloth with a pipe cleaner sewn in to help it fit against the bridge of your nose. And it blocks the movement of air very effectively. If you're wearing one of these, you're protecting yourself and those around you. However, amidst all of this, Mary Trump's new book claims Donald Trump uses people for his own personal gains, as he did with Joe Shapiro. Who's Joe Shapiro? Well, Joe Shapiro was an avid test taker and a smarty pants who happened to ace the SATs for Donald Trump, therefore getting him into Wharton University. However, Joe Shapiro's wife, who he'd been married to for one year before he died, had this to say. My late husband, Joe Shapiro, passed away 21 years ago. He was a man of great integrity, honesty. He was a hard worker. He was literally the smartest person I ever met. He went to University of Pennsylvania, member of the class of 1968. It was while he was at University of Pennsylvania where he met Donald Trump. They became friends. They loved the sport of golf. They shared the same hometown of New York City and they shared the same campus. They stayed in a little bit of touch through the years. But uh, obviously Joe's not here to defend himself and to state what, uh, what happened. But I just want to recollect what he told me. Uh, about where he met Mr. Trump. And I want to thank all of Joe's close friends uh, and his sister Beth for uh, our talks the last 24 hours about what an upstanding, outstanding man Joe Shapiro was. It's really clear she insists on refuting the claims in Mary Trump's book. We are getting our first look inside a tell-all book about the Trump family written by the president's niece. Mary Trump is the author of too much and never enough, how my family created the world's most dangerous man. The Trump family sued and tried to block this book from publication. Mary Trump is a clinical psychologist and she has assessed her uncle as a sociopath, a liar and a cheat, as we mentioned. As a narcissist with a fragile ego that must be bolstered every moment. I am the chosen one. She makes some explosive claims in the book, among them that young Donald Trump paid someone to take the SAT for him. The only time Donald went to church was when the cameras were there. Mary Trump points to the president's relationship with his father, Fred Trump, who she calls a sociopath. On the night her father, Fred Trump Jr., died of an alcohol-induced heart attack, she claims the family sent him to the hospital alone while Donald Trump had gone to the movies. Mr. President, any, any reaction to your niece's book? That doesn't end the whole saga because Mary Trump still thinks that the world needs to know what Donald Trump is hiding. Another campaign bombshell. In her blistering new tell-all book, President Trump's niece, Mary Trump, a trained psychologist, slams her uncle as a narcissist who's unable to experience the entire spectrum of human emotion. Ms. Trump details a dysfunctional family led by a domineering father, Fred Trump Sr., who she writes was emotionally abusive and perverted his son's perception of the world and damaged his ability to live in it. Moving forward, should people even given the option to choose during a time of crisis 
or should the leaders at the top make the decisions and make better plans? Comment below, I'll choose the best comment to be featured in my next video. How do you do, fellow kids? The schools will be open in the fall, and we hope that most schools are going to be open. We don't want people to make political statements or do it for political reasons. They think it's going to be good for them politically, so they keep the schools closed. No way. So we're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools, to get them open. And uh, it's very important. It's very important for our country. It's very important for the well-being of the student and the parents. So we're going to be putting a lot of pressure on open your schools in the fall. Under the president's strong leadership, our economy is roaring back. Our schools must do the same. So let's forget that the kids could spread COVID-19 much faster than anything else. The janitor, the, the, the school teachers, the bus drivers. Now this is all fair game because we want things to go back to normal as soon as possible. But what's the plan here? What is the plan to get the kids back in school safe? Why hasn't the federal government rolled out any plans to back up their support and sending kids back to school, besides quoting other countries' reopening strategies, which many of these nations are seeing cases, daily positivity rate in under 300 per day, while the U.S. sits at 60,000 new cases per day. We're going to be putting a lot of pressure on open your schools in the fall. Mike, please. Well, uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, and thank you for your leadership. I have seen it day in and day out since you asked me to lead the White House Coronavirus Task Force. And today is just one more installment uh, in your commitment um, to um, make sure that our states and our families have all the resources they need to meet this moment. Our health care workers are provided for, uh, but also understanding that we've got to reopen America and reopen America safely. Uh, but we uh, convene all of these great leaders from around the country today, Mr. President, because you know that to open up America again, we need to open up our schools again. Uh, and I want to thank all those gathered here for their efforts as well. The $2.1 billion question here is, why have the federal government given up on the fight against COVID-19? Why the president um, continues not to require masks at his rallies, considering we've seen the public health outcomes that come from it. And whether that that or other changes or something um, that he might look at going well, forward. The president's been operating in accordance with CDC guidelines recommended but not required. But as he said recently, if he weren't tested every day and he was in a situation where he couldn't distance, he would wear masks. We hand them out. Uh, they're handed out by the campaign, rather, at these events. Um, and there's ample hand sanitizer. And it's people's individual choice as to whether to, to go. I would just. I would just say um, that I, I have no data to indicate that on my end, but it's the decision of individuals whether to go. We encourage the wearing of masks. As the president said, if he couldn't distance, he would, but it's the individual choice of the person. Another day gone without the president deciding to lead us with a plan of action to fight the pandemic. Instead, we now know what he meant by pressuring states to reopen schools, ready or not, without ever offering them a plan to help. If they don't reopen, he will punish the poorest students. He said he's going to pull federal aid. And the kids that get most of that aid are the neediest. Many of them are white, by the way, and families that may be Trumpers. Now, you may argue, well, wait a minute, the CDC is trying to help. They put together some guidelines to help states figure out how to reopen. You're right. Fair point. 
But Trump attacked the CDC for basically putting too much emphasis in those guidelines on safety. He called the suggestions, quote, too tough and expensive. Didn't he call himself the wartime president? His administration simply wants you to live in compliance to his failure. They want you to live with the virus that they failed to contain. But who is Donald Trump really? And what do you think of him? You know, you're really beautiful. And a woman that looks like that has to have her own special scent. Oh, thank you. Maybe, maybe you could tell me what you think of this scent. Hmm, I like that. This, this may be the best of all. Oh, you dirty boy, you! Oh, oh! Donald, I thought you were a gentleman. Hmm. You can't say I didn't try. In other news, hydroxychloroquine has re-entered the chat. Even though the WHO has officially ended activities with the drug. Due to the fact that it hasn't shown any effect in slowing the virus. Which really translates to it's killing people. However, Peter Navarro, trade specialist, thinks he's qualified to speak on the effect of a medical drug. The coronavirus, the drug hydroxychloroquine has become a very politicized issue. Yes. Um, the couple studies last week really gave vindication to what the president had to say about it. Now yeah. the FDA is considering reauthorizing it for emergency use. Do you think the FDA is really going to do that? Uh, let's, um, let's give your viewers a little quick clinic in, okay. in hydroxychloroquine and why it works. Um, basically, it's a medicine that's been used for more than 60 years safely you treat things like malaria lupus rheumatoid arthritis um, in, cl in clinical studies in, in vitro studies as they say what we see is that the medicine does two things it, it, uh, if this is the cell the cell has what's called ACE receptors on it mm -hmm. the virus has spike proteins and when uh, you don't take hydroxychloroquine it's easy for the spike protein to go into the ACE receptor and then transfer the virus and then, then yeah. you're infected. What, what hydroxychloroquine does is block that and it also raises the alkalinity of the mm -hmm. cell which kills the virus. So the Detroit study last week was pathbreaking in that it was the first to test early treatment use of the medicine which is to say in the first seven days. First seven days fever, dry cough, maybe profound sense of fatigue, but your lungs haven't been degraded, mm -hmm. the virus hasn't spread to your organs, it works according to that study. And if that study's right, Donald Trump was absolutely right that this isn't important. While they're busy playing politics, real issues are at hand because now the WHO is hearing a call to label COVID-19, making it way more contagious than what was previously thought. You gotta educate people because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that just vote Democrat. They don't know any better. To be honest right. with you. Right. We've seen record demand for hospital bed, and in fact, hospital bed utilization is at a all-time high for the state of Arizona. We will get to a point where we have to start, you know, looking at those god-awful rules about who not to put into the ICU and such.
deaths real life happening today. But after all, we were caught with a pandemic-sized virus while having the Trumps in the White House. We opened way too early in Arizona. We were one of the last states to go to stay at home and one of the first to re-emerge, and we re-emerged at zero to 60. We had crowded nightclubs handing out free champagne, no masks. Our 20 to 44-year-olds, which is my own demographic, really led the explosion, and we've seen such growth in that area. 20, 30, and 40-year-olds, though they can get infected and end up potentially even in ICU, they are more likely to come out of that than folks that are in their 70s or 80s. That is still the, that is still the case. Uh, we're just seeing more, um, more of those young people being hospitalized as compared to a month ago. We are in a crisis related to testing. I was visiting a testing facility this weekend, people waiting still eight hours. We've asked FEMA if they could come and do community-based testing here. Um, we were told they're, they're moving away from that, which feels like they're declaring victory while we're still in crisis mode. President Trump was in my community, chose not to wear a mask, and he's having large events while I am trying to push people that you need to stay at home and that events with more than 10, 10 people are dangerous per the Centers for Disease Control. We did the right thing. Now we open. We got to get it open because, you know, I said, got to get it open. People need it. You know, people get sick from the other also. It's not just from the virus. They get sick from... All of the other things that happen, you know what I mean? A family that is clearly inadequate in leading. Take a look at Ivanka Trump. That one time she tried to interject into an actual conversation with world leaders. Watch what happens to her. Yes, but still lost social justice. And if it's all, yeah. As soon as you start talking about the economic aspect of it, though, yeah. a lot of people start listening who yeah. wouldn't start otherwise listening. listen. And the same with the defense side of it. Yeah. Um, in terms of the whole She quickly found out it wasn't her place, yet Trump saw fit to name her senior advisor to the President of the United States. Yeah, talk about nepotism. On today's episode of Celebrities Who Don't Fuck With Donald Trump, we have Mr. Tom Hanks. Wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance. If you can't do that, I don't have much respect for you. Whether or not we like it, we're all in this together. We're all affected by this. Oh, look, it's pretty easy to do your part. If you, if you drive a car, you got to use your turn signal, not drive too fast, and avoid pedestrians. Those are three things that should be pretty easy to do. And COVID-19, if we social distance, wear a mask, and wash our hands, uh, we should we'll be able to get along. So let's do that. Don't be divided. We don't need two wars. We have one against the virus. I think it's an image thing, and I, and I and I think part of it, people still think, oh, you know, it's a bit of a retreat, uh, or I want to I want to express my 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 freedoms or my independence, and I and I think they're just looking at it the wrong way. Um, it should be a badge of honor right now about us uniting, everyone do it. I'm protecting you, you protect me. If we protect ourselves, we protect each other uh, the best way possible. While we let science catch up, the mask is about letting science catch up. You know, it's really, it's been about help protect the people on the front line, 
Uh, don't let happen what happened in New York where there's two patients for every bed. We've got to buy time. A mask is a very good tool for that. And I have not heard any science that says it's not. So I don't even understand how there's a real argument right now about the wearing of a mask or not. Uh, especially when you can spread asymptomatic symptoms and, 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 not even, and not even know it. You know, let, let's all of us together, we were united in the purpose. We are still united in the purpose to beat this virus. You felt it, we all felt it, especially in the last month, this little divide started to happen. And all of a sudden, the narrative became, well, if you want to go to work, you must be on the far right. If you want to stay at home, you must be on the far left. That created a false divide. That is not true. So that created two wars for us to be in. We have one against the virus, which is the one we're supposed to be in. The virus who doesn't give a damn who you voted for or who you're going to vote for. And it created the other war between us. And right now, we're not going to... We're not going to beat this thing. We're not going to let science catch up. We're not going to beat this virus the way that we can if we're fighting each other. We don't have room for two wars right now. And I know it's an election year, but both parties, both sides could be more responsible with how they've used this virus for their own partisan political advantage. Hunter Bobby Bandito, but you can call me Bobby B. I say it's high time we catch this killer because we got more living to do. Here's how. So you lay down your favorite bandana, unfold it like so. Get your trusty coffee filter that you had on the go. Get your two rubber bands. Roll one down one end like this. Roll the other one down this end like that. Fold them over like so. Grab a hold and you're good to go. Now remember, stay at home. But if you gotta go, strap it on like so. And right now, we're not gonna, we're not gonna beat this thing. We're not gonna let science catch up. We're not gonna beat this virus the way that we can if we're fighting each other. We don't have room for two wars right now. And I know it's an election year, but both parties, both sides could be more responsible with how they've used this virus for their own partisan political advantage. Trump has been hiding his tax return since 2016. Because sure, going to great lengths to block the documents that could prove whether you're innocent or guilty says a lot about you, your character, and whether or not you really have something to hide. Mr. President, you want to talk about corruption. I've released 21 years of my tax returns. I entered as one of the poorest men in Congress, left one of the poorest men in government, in Congress, and as vice president. I made no money while I was in there other than my salary. Mr. President, even Richard Nixon released his tax returns. Mr. President, release your tax returns or shut up. The only way in which Trump won anything today is he now possibly can delay this after election day and delay getting all the information to New York. But I think that's doubtful. Um, look, these cases can move very quickly. Um, you know, the Nixon tapes case moved in a matter of three months. Bush versus Gore start to finish the election dispute of 2036 days. This is all about the election of 2020. And I expect Syvans to move incredibly fast. And, you know, Pete described that Trump is having a little shield left uh, in New York against Syvans. It's not a little shield. It's a paper thin shield at best. 
And so I think it's totally possible for all of this to come out before the 2020 election in terms of New York's prosecutors getting this information um, and acting on it. And so I, do, I would caution all those folks who've been listening to this for the last half hour and say, this is a mixed bag. It is not. If I'm Donald Trump, I am scared right now. Whether or not it comes before or after the 2020 election, Cy Vance is going to get this material and it looks pretty damaging to Donald Trump. We also got to witness Bernie Sanders publicly endorsing Joe Biden. It seems they've actually formed a coalition. Uh, I was glad to work with the vice president uh, in forming six separate task forces, which had some of the most knowledgeable people in the country coming together to deal with education and climate change and health care and the economy and criminal justice and immigration reform. And these folks, needless to say, people who represented the progressive movement had a different perspective on things than did Biden's people. But there was serious discussion and I think a real honest in effort to come up with a compromise. And I think the compromise that uh, they came up with, if implemented, will make Biden the most progressive president uh, since FDR. Mm -hmm. It did not have, needless to say, everything that I wanted, didn't have everything that Biden wanted. I leave you with these questions. Have masks been a common denominator in a surge of new cases nationally? Had Fox News been promoting masks since day one, would we have been here today? I'll answer these in my next episode at Let's Talk About It with Brian Allen. New videos every Thursday through Saturday. Thank you.